But uh, if you have your Bibles tonight, and I've been very diligent to make sure I'm reading from the right text tonight. If you had to be here Wednesday night in order to know what we're talking about. Uh, but uh, I'm making sure that we're uh, locked and loaded in the right place. But uh, Isaiah chapter 14, and we're going to start reading in verse number 12. And uh, if you will, and you're turning to your place in Scripture, finding the location there, if you will, stand with us for the reading of God's Word. And in our Biblical Foundation sermon series, we have been looking at uh, various things from the Word of God in regards to Bible doctrine. We have, we have dealt with, we've discussed, we started with all have sinned. We've dealt with salvation, the God of whosoever. We've talked about what it is not only to be saved, what happens, what happens to us at our new birth. Uh, we've talked about that. We have covered extensively the subject of water baptism. Brother Todd, we've covered that. And uh, Brother Todd can tell you a little bit more about that. Amen. We were sharing Wednesday night. Brother Todd, he was he had a gentleman on his job asking questions, talking with him. And and in some cases, challenging him in regards to some things, in regards to water baptism. And so we've been looking at those things. And uh, last Wednesday, we had started here on this. And some would say, I didn't really know this is necessarily considered a, a, a doctrine of the Bible. Uh, but I want to say this, and, and we are going into, we're going to be going in, in, in this sermon series, we're going to be dealing on the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and so these things just really walk hand in hand, one with another. But here's what I do believe, Brother Marvin. I believe that God's Word proves to us over and again that we can have a daily victorious Walk with Christ. Amen. Hear what I'm saying. A daily victorious walk with Christ. And uh, we sometimes, we have folks come in. They can be born again. And uh, they can be water baptized. They can, they can, you know, worship. They go through, we can go through all of the, all of the quote unquote, the things. But sometimes, Brother Eli, there is a misconception. There is a misconception and there is a, sadly a disconnect that happens on the day to day. And uh, so we were looking last week at this in regards to that, that daily victory, uh, that walk with God, that daily uh, walk with God and how it can produce power uh, in our lives. And so we're going to be looking here at another portion of this uh, in victorious Christian living. And uh, so anyway, uh, you can pick back up. You can go back and listen to last week's. But we're going to look tonight. And like I said, I just felt very challenged of the Lord to go ahead and preach this in particular tonight. And uh, with the Lord's help, we're just going to preach uh, this evening on the enemy exposed. Amen. The enemy exposed. And so Isaiah 14, starting in verse number 12, if you're there with me, would you say amen? 
Isaiah was called often the eagle-eyed prophet as God, uh, by his spirit, gave him the ability to to see uh, into the future uh, of the things of what we're going to transpire for God's people, for us even as the church. And uh, I want you to I want you to hear hear what the prophet was saying here uh, uh, by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, and uh, in regards. To the enemy of our soul. It says, How thou art fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee. And consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof? That opened not the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory. Everyone in his own house, but thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch. And as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with a sword that go down to the stones of the pit as a carcass trodden under feet. Amen. This is what was spoken in regards to the enemy of our soul. And tonight, if I can, I want you to understand that when we talk about victorious living and we talk about the fact that God calls us to and that we can consistently walk with God every day victoriously, one of the ways that we do that, Sister Mildred, is the fact that we recognize who our enemy is. And I believe in the Word of God we find the enemy has been exposed. And we're going to take a look at some of these things here tonight. Would you help us to pray? Father, I thank you once again for every heart and life. Thank you for your Word. And I pray, Lord, your Word lodge deep within our hearts and our minds tonight. Let us not just be hearers of the Word, but let us be doers of the Word. Let us practice it. Let us live it. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak tonight in clarity. I pray, Lord, anoint our hearts and ears, my mind, my lips to preach. Lord, that you're glorified in all things, and we thank you for it. And we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. When we talk about walking in victory, when we talk about a consistent walk with God, uh, I can assure you that there are many things uh, that in the course of time, you've lived for God any length of time, 
time. You've heard preaching any length of time. There are some various things throughout the years that you've picked up on. There are some things that you've heard. There are some things naturally that you would apply. And there are some things you look at and maybe you've heard and you'd think, my goodness, that seems like it's unattainable. That seems like that is so far beyond anything that I could reach or do. Uh, There are some that are under an assumption uh, that consistent, victorious living, godly living with power over sin, power over the enemy, that these are things that only uh, what we might consider the spiritually elite qualify for. But Brother Jacob, not for me. I'm just an average old boy. I'm just an average lady. And uh, I've got real life problems. And I've got real life situations and my family's got all kinds of mess in it and and brother Jake I've got issues I deal with and I've got things I battle and all this and I want to remind you tonight first of all let me tell you uh, is that if you've ever been made to think that only someone elite spiritually someone in a particular time frame or season of their life uh, I have seen the young teenagers I have seen them or and I have heard them say well uh, if I can just get out of high school high school's so hard high school's difficult we know in today's time in the education system uh, and and what's going on and what's perpetrated and and what is uh, issued and uh, I'll just call it for what it is there's a lot of it's just propaganda out there we find where there's a lot of things going on that our kids are up against Uh, amen moms and dads that we didn't face brother Tobin when you and I was in school uh, there's things kids today are up against you and I didn't we didn't know about or even deal with until we were a little bit older amen Uh, but now it's amazing I mean our babies our little ones uh, brother Eli your daughters and my daughter and different ones that we can testify of the fact of things that are going on around us Uh, and so we've got young people that say well if I can get out of school uh, things will be a little bit easier for me to to really live for Jesus that I can really serve him and then we've got young ones young adults that are in college and career and and they're they're working and they've got responsibilities and they're getting married and they're having children and all the things of life that come and all of that stuff that all the good stuff that's in the middle of life amen and as we're there and we're taking care of all of those things and we're busy and we've got stuff to do and we're thinking well once I can get past this stage, once I can get just a little bit older, once all the craziness calms down, can I just tell somebody the craziness never calms down? Oh, and so you see the cycle. The young ones say, if I can just get to, just get out of school. And then the middle age are saying, if I can just get a little bit older. And then the older ones say, well, whoever told us these were the golden years done lied to us. I had, uh, we had Sister Dixie Warren in the, there in our first church and Sister Dixie just a saint of God. And I loved her and you remember, you remember Sister Dixie, Sister Smith and, and uh, I remember as we was pastoring there and, and I'd go over and hug on Sister Dixie and, and uh, she'd talk about different things going on and she'd say, Brother Jake, uh, whoever said these were the golden years, they flat out lied to me. Amen. She said, I don't know about golden 
she said I, I feel a little tarnished she said I, I feel a little she said maybe the rusty trusties uh, uh, might be more like it but anyhow I'll let you decipher how you feel in regards to that but then the olders are saying well man, I, don't have the, I, I don't have as much time as I used to have and we find that some of our older they, they may be even battling with sense of purpose where's my place What's, what do I do and I say all these things to say this if we're not careful we're always looking for the, no, the next time we're always looking for the next season we're always looking for another opportunity but friends I want to tell you tonight that where you are who you are if you've got them babies in the house sister Morgan you're in junior high and brother Preston you're a young man in your career and 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 pursuing these different things brother Eddie a young adult a young man brother Keith brother Gary we can go on and talk about different seasons and different stages I want to remind you that where you are you can absolutely serve God in power you can serve him in his purpose and plan for your life can I tell you right now it is a lie of the enemy for you to waste the season that you're in and you're looking what you think's going to be an easier time but child of God there is not an easier time the word of God said today is the very day of salvation now is the time amen and so we cannot live with the idea I will put it off for tomorrow I will put it off for another day I will put it off for another time when it's more convenient. Listen to me. You've got to learn. You've got to know how to serve God right now where you are. You've got littles in your family. Brother Tobe and Sister Lindy learn to serve Him now while they're babies. Grow in God now because they're going to be teenagers. And grow in God when they're teenagers because they're going to be young adults. And grow in God when they're young adults because they're going to be adults. And they're going to have family of their own should Jesus tarry and we are in a place and elders can I say keep growing in God did you know the word of God says for the elders to teach the younger did you know that mamas and daddies and grandmas and grandpas oh can I say sister June you're not grandma by blood but I look at you you're an elder you're somebody I look at sister June sister June's been faithful sister June's been consistent sister June you might say well she's so quiet and 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 isn't that right brother Thacker she's so quiet and she's so sweet I better watch those brothers now they all they're all the time giving sister June sister Sheila a hard way to go but here's what I'm saying. Uh, here's what I'm saying. I need, I need Sister June's influence in my life. Come on here. I need Sister June. You know what I appreciate about Sister June? She'll go up and she'll find Ashlyn. And she'll put her arms around Ash. And she'll hug on her. And she'll tell her how much she loves her. And she'll tell her that she's praying for her. And she'll tell her that she's a pretty young lady. Brother Keith, my daughter, she needs that. Sister June, I need 
need you. I need you in my life. Sister Gwen, I need you. Brother Segura, I need your influence in my life. Amen. Elders, don't despise your position. Don't despise your place. Sister Linscombe, when we think and we're at a place in a season, is there really any victory in where I am? I battle physically. I can't do the things I used to could. I can't go like I used to could. But you know what you can do? Sister Linda, there's some of our elders, you know how to pray like nobody else knows how to pray. You know how to get a hold of God. I love to look up. And when we got some like Sister Anna this morning seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I'm glad when there's elders gathered around. You're not out of place. I've heard of pastors that have stood up and told their elders. They've said, if you're not under the age of 40, we don't want you in our church. I'm going to tell you whatever pastor has ever come up with that. They are misguided. They are dumber than a box of rocks. I want a church that has some elders. I want a church that there's some gray in the hair and wisdom in the walk. Young folks, we need them in our lives. We need one another. We've got to, we've got to walk together in agreement so there might be victory over hell victory over the devices of the enemy I need you and you need the younger amen you need the younger we have to have one another let me tell you something I've said this before and I'm going to get I'm going to get to the enemy I'm just going the long way around amen if it's alright I'll just I'll just follow the Holy Ghost tonight I'm going to say this in the fact that when we, are, when we are looking throughout the course of a church, and you've heard pastors say this before, but I believe we've got to keep saying it over and over and over again. We cannot, we should not look throughout our congregation and everybody look just like us and be just like us and sound just like us and have all the same experiences just like us. Brother Marvin, I am of the belief wholeheartedly you're going to have to pluck me up and uproot me in order for me to believe any different. I believe the sign of a healthy church. We've got young and we've got in between and we've got old all sprinkled in together. Amen. We got them all. Come on here. We got them all. I love. You'd say, Pastor, I thought you was just, you know, trying to do something to pass time when you have people connect together to pray. But I love when, when folks step across the aisle. I love when there's an older and a younger who agree together in prayer. I love the fact, amen, that when we have fellowships, I love the fact, Brother Gary, that sometimes the olders are shaking their head and maybe rolling their eyes at the younger. And sometimes the younger are saying, well, the older just don't understand. Oh, isn't that what a family does sometimes? Isn't that what it's all about? But you know what I've come to find? Is that when you get something that tastes real good. Amen. I love, I love to tinker with on my, on my barbecue pit. I'll, I'll find some kind of recipe to soak, the, soak my steaks in or soak my chicken in. And I found a little deal, a little marinade. Amen. In order to, in order to soak some steaks in one day. 
day and, and there was uh, it was wanting so many ounces of this and so many ounces of that uh, oh and I and if you look at each of those items individually you'd say what in the world am I going to do with this what in the world am I going to do with that what in the world somebody sent me the story of an old farmer he was sitting down at his breakfast table and there was a beautiful breakfast spread out in front of him and they began to pray over the food and the farmer said Lord you know how much I hate buttermilk he said I hate the taste of buttermilk and he said Lord you know that I don't just go get a big old scoop of lard and eat it on its own that's absolutely disgusting There's, I don't like lard on its own and Lord you know I don't go in there and get a handful of flour and throw it in my mouth and swallow it down he said I hate to eat flour on its own he said and I'm going to wrap this up and paraphrase it he said but when you get some buttermilk and you get a little bit of lard and you get a little bit of flour and you get a little bit of baking soda and you get a little bit of butter and you get a butter you mix it all together and you can put it all together and brother Marvin I might be missing an ingredient or two a little bit of salt a little bit of I always tell my wife if something's not sweet enough I said bring it here I'll put my pinky in it It'll work, brother Mike. And so, you, but you get all them ingredients together. And that old farmer said, I don't like them on their own. But I love a fresh batch of buttermilk biscuits. Oh, when you put a buttermilk biscuit on the table, I love. Can I just tell somebody why the enemy wants to divide the church? As we sit around and look at our individuality. But God said, if I can get a little bit of Udy. And I can get a little bit of Stanley. And a little bit bit of Michael and a little bit of Linda and a little bit of Karen and we need some dash of Mary and we need some June Trahan it's unbelievable what God will do when he begins to mix the family of God together oh it is something that is potent and powerful and he said as a matter of fact those that make up that family of God that make up that church he said the gates of hell Cannot prevail against it. Cannot prevail against it. The enemy wants you to believe that in your particular season, in your particular place, you are isolated. You are lonely. That nobody understands where you are. That's why I was very thankful. I was very thankful as the Widows Fellowship came together. Because these ladies in places as to where... Finding, finding my place. Find. I've heard that, heard it in conversations. I can't identify with it, but I've heard in the conversations. Feeling, feeling out of place. Finding purpose. You know, all of these things. And where did they find? Sister Linda, where do you begin to find fellowship again? Where do you find common denominator? In grouping people together. Getting people together. Oh, I know it's a hard day. But come on anyway in fellowship. I know. Can I just tell you tonight, Brother Josh, the reason why the enemy fights so hard to keep you parked at home. To keep you out of the house of God. It's because he knows there is strength when your life is in her 
intermingled right here in the midst of the family of God. Sister Linscombe, if he can make you feel isolated and make you feel away, oh, can I tell you, that's why the Word of God said it called us, we are the sheep of his pasture. And can I tell you, we as the sheep, Sister Amber, we've got a flock, we've got to stay together. There's nothing, like I said it earlier, there's nothing like the family of God. And so therefore, don't you believe the lie that where you are, the season you're in, that it's only your kids that are crazy. It's only your family got issues. It's only you that's battling and struggling with temptation or testing. You look around this church, I'll tell you, there's no elitist here. There's nobody in here that reached the cream of the crop. And the fact that we've reached a pinnacle, you look around and you'll see a lot of folks right here in victory who'll say, I'm taking it a day at a time. I'm walking it out. I'm stepping it out. One foot in front of the other. If I've got to hang on to that altar until I get to glory, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to do it with the family of God. Oh, the enemy wanting you to look at all of the things that we're different in versus all the commonality that we have. Wanting you to feel like that nobody understands, nobody gets it, nobody knows. But you'll come to find that even though there are some specifics that might be different, the truth of the matter is is that you will find somebody in the house of God who can identify with where you are. Amen. Somebody in the house of God who can help you pray that thing through. Somebody in the house of God who can put their arms around you and say, come on, you can make it from this point. I know that you can because I've been there. Amen. Amen. That's why the fellowship of believers is important. That's why brothers and sisters of the Lord are needed. Amen. David had said, when my mother and father forsook me, you were my mother my father. There are some of you in this house who can testify of the fact that your church family is oftentimes even closer than your own family. Amen. And that's not a knock. That's not a knock against that saying your family's bad. It's just the truth. In, in, in 2001... We moved 14 hours from Illinois, where he was right there. I was, we were working in the church with my in-laws. My parents were 20 minutes across the river, and we were going 14 hours south to Livingston, Texas. And I remember that day. I remember that at that morning when they, they had helped us unpack. Sister Carolyn, you probably remember this. I remember they helped us unpack. We got settled. They stayed a couple nights with us. But Sister Sham, this old boy, I, was, I, I wasn't yet 21 years old. And I stood on the front porch, amen, of that house. And I watched the family as their vehicles went on down the road. And there was a thought in my mind, Sister Ricks, I said, what in the world am I doing? What am I doing? All that I've ever known just drove off. All the folks I care about and the folks that love me, they just drove off down the road. I walked in the house. Brother Udy, I wish I could tell you that I stood and marched in there and said, well, praise God, here we go. We're in the middle of the will of God and we're going to serve Jesus, kill the devil. We're going to do it all. Amen. But I didn't, Sister Amy. I closed the door behind me and there stood Sister Carolyn and she had some tears in her eyes 
and there I was already a ball bag by the time that I closed the door I was a sniffing and a snuffling and a I think I kind of scared my wife a little bit amen I never acted that way but brother Keith I had never been in that place before and I thought everybody I love and everybody I know that loves me they just left they're 14 hours away what do we this we didn't have FaceTime back then we didn't we didn't have we didn't we couldn't call each other on zoom then amen oh but can I tell you very quickly in those moments sister Sandy I learned the importance of the family of God and I learned whether they was out of Livingston out of Missouri out of Illinois whatever but I'm so glad that there were people who loved us enough to gather themselves around us and I found solace I find help I found fortitude I found power sister Anna in the family of God they might not have grown up in the same house as me but the common denominator was we were washed in the blood of the lamb filled by the power of spirit and these were folks that would go in the foxhole with me if need be they were there to walk me through some battles they were there to support me cry with me pray with me thank God for the family of God somebody ought to give him a hand of praise tonight I know there's somebody here and you're kind of smiling at me and you're saying, well, I'm just the Lone Ranger. Well, I know you, think, you might think that you are. You might think that you don't need anybody. This preacher's going to tell you that you do. You do. Amen. At some point in time in your life, you're going to need somebody. You're going to need somebody that's there with you. And so, therefore, I want you to know the enemy is going out of his way to try to break up, to try to divide, to try to get you to believe that nobody understands. I want, you to, I want you to know tonight, as we were talking about last Wednesday, too many times we are trying to live from moment to moment of victory. We are earmarking certain services. I told Sister Anna today, I said, Sis, I'm so proud for you. I am so happy for you. I said, but I'm going to tell you, this ain't Brother Jacob trying to be a, 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 a downer or pessimistic, but I told her, I said, you've just scratched the surface. Now it's time to press in and really grow. Now it's time to press in and grow deeper. There's going to be different dimensions and different places in God that he wants to take you. That's what the Holy Ghost does. Amen. Because we cannot afford to be caught up in just a moment. It was just that day that I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. It was just that day I was saved. Oh, pastor, do you remember that one service? Boy, was it powerful. Oh, brother Jacob, I remember back when on that one time, that one meeting. Thank God for those memories. But we are here in the here and now. We are here right now in real time. And we're serving a real, a, a real God. And he has given us power over a real devil because there's real principalities and powers that want to kill you, want to suffocate you. But I'm glad that the victory has already been promised to the child of God. And the enemy has been exposed. Here's what I want you to realize tonight. His playbook is out there. Everything, when we talk about victory, walking in victory, I want you to understand. And we were talking last week that Christ has already paid the price 
Victory is already ours. Now, Brother Michael, we have to daily make decisions. We have to daily get our lives in line with the will of God. How do I do that, Brother Jacob? The will of God is not something mystical and not something out there that you got to climb up in the Himalayan mountains and find some monk somewhere, some wise old man to tell you what God wants you to do. Amen. It's been little, uh, it was last year sometime. I, I haven't seen the sister come back. And maybe that's my fault that she's not back. But I was preaching a Sunday night service and we had a visitor there. And this lady was sitting there. And that whole service she was locked in. She was listening, listening to every word that I was saying. She was visibly moved by the preaching. And she, was, she seemed to be in agreement with what was being said and stirred and challenged. And I was, we was praying. We had altar service. And, and I was coming from this direction. Well, I got over here. There she stood. So I went over to see if she needed prayer with something. And she just had this strange look on her face. And she stared at me. And she said, you know, I was listening to the preaching tonight. And she said, I can't help but think God has given you a word for me. She said, did he give you a word for me? And I was getting ready to bust her bubble. Because I said, sis, I'm sorry. I said, I don't have a specific word for you. I said, there's not anything that I can personally tell you that I feel led to tell you that God would have me to tell you. And she was disappointed. You could tell it bothered her. She probably thought I'd done miss the will of God. But I told her this, Brother Tobin. I said, but sis, I will tell you, you've just sat through an entire message, 45 minutes of me preaching, probably a little bit longer if we go back and look. Amen. But I said, you sat here and I have preached my heart out. And I said, I have delivered what God would speak. I said, you sat there and you seemed in agreement you seem to amen it you seem to it seemed like it resonated within you I said that is the word that you need you're here tonight that's the word that you need and can I tell you tonight church when we are looking from moment to moment we're looking for this one and that one I want to tell you that's why I don't want to miss a moment I don't want to miss a moment in his presence I don't want to miss a moment in his word oh because brother Taylor there are things that God wants to say that Brother Jay is going to help us to get from where we are to where we need to be as we're growing in God. I'm here to tell you tonight, friends, this thing is for eternity. Eternity's at stake. I ain't got time to play around, and you don't either. May God help us that there is a hunger for the things of God and so that we might grow and be enveloped and be, be sure and steadfast in our walk with God. Not just in moments, but day to day. Every day. With victory that's been promised, what you have to understand is that God through His Word has told us some things in regards to the enemy. We are not, let me say this again very clearly, we are not to be caught by surprise by His tactics. Just not. Just not. Paul had said, you are not ignorant of his devices. This is how he works. This is how he's been working. This is what he does. This is the buttons that he pushes. These are the temptations. These are the things. He said, you are not ignorant. And yet a lot of times we find ourselves playing dumb. 
a lot of times we find ourselves like we are so surprised at what's going on. But hear me, church. We are not, the enemy has been exposed. He's been exposed. I want you to notice a couple of things here. In the book of Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah from our text that we were reading about, I want you to notice what he starts with. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? I first want you to recognize and realize is that the enemy's position has been exposed. The enemy's position has been exposed. And you know, one of the things that we often hear about, and you can, you can read if you've ever done any reading, and sometimes I'll read about uh, uh, books in regards to war and different, different things that were done, strategies, things of that nature. I find that very interesting and things that I'll look up, historical moments, even in Scripture, there were things that God did, specific commands that He gave in order for the children of Israel to be positioned against the enemy they will tell you that if you're going to be any kind of rebounder in the game of basketball that it's not necessarily your size or your height but it's whether or not you can get position on your opponent what they call boxing out if you can get them in a place behind you if you can position yourself amen to where you get first access to that rebound they have to foul you they have to they have to, they have to uh, uh, break the rule or harm you in order to try to get the rebound because you have position. But we find in the Word of God that the position of the enemy has been exposed. We find that from the beginning, from the beginning when he was there in the presence of God in heaven, oh, known as Lucifer, the son of the morning, oh, that, that angel full of beauty and full of worship and full of light and full of music, we find as to where the judgment had been laid against him and it said you have fallen you have fallen from heaven can I start right here and say this you want to know why there's conflict you want to know why there's confrontation in the spirit because sister Wanda he is a fallen being and we are beings on our way up hallelujah oh can I tell you he is fallen with no hope of recovery no hope of regaining position no hope of heaven as his spiritual home or inheritance and therefore we are hated because positions have now changed we are now joint heirs with Jesus we are children of the king this world which is his dominion it is not my home and brother Eddie what the enemy cannot stand is that there's a power working inside of me that takes me past the places of this world like Paul said my hope is not in this world but I have a hope and I have a promise I have an inheritance that the son has bought and paid for he said I am going that I will prepare a place that where I am you can be also. The enemy hates our position. And I'll tell you, he hates his position. He has fallen. No chance of recovery. 
What I want you to understand is that when you're fighting against the enemy, you're up against an enemy that has lost his place. He has lost his place, his position. He wants you to think he's got the upper hand on you. He wants you to think, Sister Gloria, he's got you outnumbered. He's got you outpositioned. That he's that he he will do all and he will work in such a way to pull the wool over our eyes. And oftentimes, Brother Udy, it's the fact of us thinking that we're outnumbered and outpositioned. I'm reminded of the servant of the prophet when he went outside and I'm just going to paraphrase here for a moment he looked out there and he said he ran back in the house he told the man of God he said we're surrounded by the armies he said there's chariots there's horsemen there's soldiers all around us and the man of God he just prayed a simple prayer he said God give him eyes to see oh what I see give him eyes to see what you see. Give him eyes to see what is the reality of the situation. He told that servant, go back out there and take another look. Sister Lindy, he walked out there and when he looked, yes, the armies were still there but up above those armies were chariots of fire. Horsemen of fire. It was the armies of heaven that had surrounded where the enemy thought they had him out positioned. God stood and said, oh no you don't. He's a fallen adversary he's a fallen enemy I'm going to tell you he's a loser in the end and blessed be the name of the Lord it's not on my thought not on my wit not on who I am but Christ that lives within me has given me the victory over that fallen adversary over that fallen adversary why why would we entertain the thought that we are outpositioned, that we are outdone when we are dealing with a foe? His position has changed. Listen to what the Word of God says. How art thou cut down to the ground? These were God, this was God's judgment against the enemy. And God's exposing his place. He said, you've been cut down to the ground. You're the one that did weaken the nations. He said, you said in your heart that you would ascend into heaven. I want to tell you the second thing. Not only has his position been exposed, but his lie has been exposed because he's nothing more than a great pretender. Nothing more than a great pretender. Listen to what the devil said to himself. He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will set also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. You know what's dangerous? It's not just someone who tells lies, but somebody who believes them themselves. Brother Jay, he's a pretender. Not only has his position been foretold, not only do we see has it been exposed where he is, he's already been cut down. 
But we find that he has, Sister Wanda, he believed his own lie. He believed the own state of rebellion of his heart. And we find in the Word of God, that's why we are encouraged in the Word of God, or should I say instructed of the fact, John 8 and 44 says this, he was pre, he, Jesus speaking to those who were not truth-tellers, and he said, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. Listen to this. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. I just want to pause right here, and if there's nothing else you hear me say tonight, would you please hear that statement? And it's not even a personal statement of Brother Jacob's. It's the Word of God. Sister Karen Ellis, there is no truth in him. He's a liar from the beginning. Not only a liar, but Brother Coleman, a murderer. People's purposes, plans, goals, endeavors, walk with God. He has killed and suffocated. And it, it wasn't even Sister Gay because he had to place a finger on him. All he had to do was lie to him. I want to remind you tonight of something. I know very well that the enemy's lies can seem very real. That what he says to you can be very convincing. Very convincing. I believe that Hitler himself told something so true that coincides with the father of lies. Hitler said, if you tell a lie loud enough and long enough. It'll be believed as the truth. And I believe that's what the enemy does. He is a pretender. He has lied to himself. But he has no position. None. It's been foretold. Every sense of power that he thinks that he has, Brother Darren, it is futile. It is seasonal. The Word of God says, as a matter of fact, that he can't even operate in his season without being permitted by God. Not, he can't even operate without it being permitted, without him having the permission to do so. That's Bible. It's what it says. And so I want you to understand that in the regards that when our minds are filled with untruth, when, Sister Gloria, when you know it doesn't line up with God's Word, when you know that's not what God thinks of you, that's not how He feels about you, that is not the final say in the situation of your life or for your family. There is no truth in Him. There's been times within the church, within relationships, even outside of the church, that I wish I had learned a whole lot sooner than I did later that somebody was a liar. You ever been at a point where you believed and believed and believed somebody until you was burned? Until the lies were exposed? Until you realized 
I was being taken advantage of. I believed a lie. I hate that feeling. And I know hate's a strong word, but I do. I hate that feeling. I hate to be lied to. We find the Word of God even says there's specific punishment for a liar. What is it? All liars will have their place where? In the lake of fire. Do you know why? Because everything about God is truth. Everything about Him is truth. I pray to God that we would believe His Word and His promises and His truth. What He says about us and for us. I wish we would believe that as much as we believe the lies of the enemy. Think of what would happen in your life if you believe God half as much as you believe the devil. What would happen in your life? What would happen for your family? If you, if you, because you know how the, you know how it goes. You know this, you know the, how it plays out. You'll go and Brother Danny, your mind, it'll run in a million different directions. They thought this. He thinks that. They said this. The enemy plotting and playing with the mind and the thoughts. And you can't do this. That was just emotion. You weren't sincere. He, you don't really feel that way. I mean, just all of those things. What would happen if we start? taking ownership in these moments what would happen if we start standing in the promises of victory in those moments and we just begin because the word of God tells us we have the power to do so we've got the power to rebuke the enemy as a matter it's a matter of fact Paul said resist the devil and he will flee from you you'd say well folks that think I'm crazy half the time they already think you are crazy so just go ahead and give them more reason. Oh, can I tell you what would happen in your mind and your home, Sister Diana? You start rebuking the lies of the devil. You start reminding him, I know what your position is. I know you're a pretender. I know you're a liar. I know there's no truth in you. And so therefore I'm going to hold fast to the word of God. I'm going to hold fast to everything God has said that we can be. And God has said that we can do. Oh, he was a pretender. The rest of John 8 and 44 says, When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar. As a matter of fact, it says he's the father of it. He's the father of it. Every lie that is said, he has given life to that lie. He's the father of it. Of lies. We see the word of God brings exposure of the enemy. His future is foretold. Defeat is his future. Hell is his home. The lake of fire is where his position will be. It's been procured for him. Listen, after he had said within himself that he would reach all these places, all these pinnacles, Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, if you'd come. Amen. Folks are tired and it's hot. And some folks falling asleep on me. After all of these things, listen to what the prophet said by way of the Lord. Yet, somebody say yet. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. You shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Listen to what it says is going to happen. 
It says, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee. And they will say, is this, is this the one? Is this the one that we feared? Is this the one that made the nations to tremble? Is this the one that made the world like a wilderness? The word of God tells us that the the enemy, he is like an angel of light. He can appear one way and he transforms in different ways. He has that ability. But in this, we find that at the end of this, and I don't know the setting. I've heard it preached in a couple of different ways. But if you will indulge your preacher for just a minute, a minute, this is what I think, Brother Jimmy. I want you in your mind to go with me. Go with me into the place of eternity. And where that bottomless pit is, I don't know, but I know it's there. And I can see, Sister Linda... The saints of all the ages gathered round as that lion devil is dragged over to that pit to be destroyed for eternity. I believe this is what Isaiah saw through eyes of faith, through eyes of the Spirit. He saw that day because it said, Brother Udy, that they will gather around And it said, they will look narrowly at thee. Now, what that term means, actually, it's pretty interesting. It's the way that we'll look. Have you ever, has something ever been revealed to you? Something, you see something clearly, and have you noticed what the tendency is? Your your eyes, you squint. It's like a sign of, of focus. It's a sign of, see, some of you are doing it right now. While I'm doing it, you're doing it right now. You're like, yeah, that's right, yeah. You, you look, and it said, they'll look narrowly upon thee. It literally can, can mean the sense that, like the, the, the furrowed brow. Have you ever been at times perplexed about something? You get a revelation. About it says, they will look narrowly at thee. And they'll say, Is this the one that we feared? This is who we feared? This is who caused the nations to tremble? This is the one? This is the one that made a world like a wilderness? Because the enemy will be exposed. And I believe... That when, you, when we see him for what he is and who he is, we're going to be amazed that we had given him so much time, so much access, so much permission to run freely in our thoughts, in our minds, in our lives, in our actions. The enemy... God said, I will expose him because I want you to walk in victory. And a way that you walk in victory is you recognize and know who your enemy is. He's lost his position. He is a pretender. He's nothing but a liar. And he said, I have procured a place for him. Hell 
is his home. Hell is his home. I'm preaching to somebody tonight maybe who's been in some torment. I'm preaching to somebody tonight that you felt like maybe you couldn't walk in victory. Maybe you've struggled with some things because you've just been battling and fighting all kinds. And I tonight, with the help of the Lord and strictly by the word of God, to let you know this is what the book says about him. This isn't some far-fetched idea that Brother Jacob's saying to make you feel a little bit better. But Brother Coleman, this is what the word of God says. It says this is who he is. This is what he's done, and this is where he's headed. His future, Brother Eddie, looks a whole lot different than mine. I don't know who coined the phrase, but somebody said, when the enemy's reminding you of your past, you just remind him of his future. Amen. I want to tell somebody tonight that's maybe been in a struggle, maybe been in a battle, maybe there's been ways and tactics and schemes the enemy's trying to work and Definitely trying to lie to you. Definitely trying to work in some of these areas. I want you to realize that God has exposed the enemy. Every head bowed. Every eye closed if you would. Father, tonight. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your word. And Lord, I'm so glad that through you and by you, in you, we have victory. Lord, knowing tonight the price that you paid... The power that's been given to us that we can walk, that we can live, that we can serve. Lord, each and every day, not just moment to moment, because the enemy has been exposed. We know the Word of God has foretold his position. The Word of God has told us of the fact that he is a liar, a pretender. And we know of what his future holds, the place that you have procured for him. And Father, I pray tonight, I pray for the child of God, I pray for the saint of God who's maybe been in a place where they have believed certain lies of the enemy. Maybe you're here tonight and there's things in your mind swirling around, things in your heart, things been going on, and I mean you've been fighting a battle, but tonight the Lord would say that enemy is exposed. And my truth, the word of God, the power of his word, it'll help you, sustain you, hide it in your heart, claim it in your mind, and walk in the victory that God has for you. Tonight, before we leave this house, if we could, can we just come and find ourselves a place in these altars? Would you tonight, maybe you'd say, Brother Jake, there's certain things, maybe there's specifics that you're fighting. Maybe there's specific things that's going on. Maybe there's certain torments. There's certain tools and tactics that the enemy's been using. Oh, but tonight, Tonight, Lord, I'm asking you to help me. I'm asking you, Lord, oh, would you speak to me? Lord, I want truth. Lord, tonight as I see the enemy for what he is, for who he is, for what he works and how he works. Oh, but Lord, tonight, oh, tonight I'm going to hold fast to your truth. Tonight, Lord, I'm going to hold fast to what God's word says. In regards to my situation. I've got the faith you're going to see me through to supply my.